Craig Parkinson, and this is the Two Shot Podcast. Pop the kettle on and grab your seat. You sit comfortably, then let's dive in. keeping good um so let's get some notices out of the way the first big one is an apology to all of you why have there been no new episodes for the last three weeks Craig? well i'll tell you and i'll be completely transparent here i haven't had the time i've been really busy filming and you know most days i'm up at half five not getting until half seven at night, sometimes later. Sometimes I can't even hold a conversation with my girlfriend, let alone a stranger. And you know what we're like. We're not going to put out and deliver something that's below par. You are discerning listeners. You choose to listen to this. You expect a quality episode. And speaking of quality, that's why we're back. Because this week is... One of my favorite. It's got to be jumping straight into the top five. Um, it's with an actress. She's called Helen Bean. You may remember Helen uh, briefly in This Is England, the TV series, later, um, 88 and 90, I believe. But what you will remember from is a stunning performance in another Shane Meadows project, which was The Virtues with Stevie Graham. And for that... She was nominated for a BAFTA. And the reason I wanted to talk to Helen was it's about, um, it's, now this one, right, let me just put my words in order. (laughs) See, this is it. That's why I'm so shattered. Um, You know when I have actors on the podcast, we tend not to touch on work, It's more about them. This is a a mixture of both, and you'll understand why when you listen, because Helen's route into the the acting world is not your usual at all, and that's why it's so brilliant. And if you don't know who she is, I urge you to listen to this, because by the end of it, you are going to fall in love with her. I guarantee it. Um, It's going to make you laugh. You'll probably want to listen to it again. Um, She's just the best company. It's such a shame that we had to do it remote because I was back home for 24 hours. We recorded this on a Sunday, 10 a.m. It took me a while to get going. We were both a bit sleepy. One of us was hungover. It wasn't me. And um, it's all right, she says it in the interview. Um... And we got down to it at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. And it's, yeah, what I would have loved to have done is gone out with Helen, possibly to the pub. The pub features heavily in this conversation um, for all the right reasons. Uh, She's just fantastic company. Uh, And I guarantee you're going to want to reach out and uh, follow her on all the social media 
and you probably want to go to the pub with her as well, like I did. Um, well, I think that's it, really. So apologies out of the way. Brilliant episode coming your way. I can't promise, right? I can't promise that there's going to be a new episode every week for a few weeks. I'm really trying my best. I'm trying to fit the conversations in. It's not like we haven't got the guests. I'm just trying to fit them in when uh, when I'm not so sleepy and tired. So thank you so much for bearing with us and for supporting us as you always do. Okay. Here is your brand new Two Shot Podcast with the remarkable Helen Bean. Enjoy. I'll see you at the end. Helen, good morning. How are you? I'm, I, I, I will tell the truth. Uh, I'm slightly hungover. <laughs> Where were you last night? I was over at my pals for dinner and it would have been fine, except I was at my other pals the night before. So it's been... I can hear it here in my throat. Yeah, I put red lipstick on to try and kid myself that I wasn't hungover, but I, I'm feeling very... Apologies. I'm grand. I'm grand. The thing is, the thing is you don't look hungover. You look really fresh I and feel well. like a bag of shite. And the <laughs> lipstick does help slightly. And I might have a little lie down after this, but at the moment I'm grand. How look, are you? It's, I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. I've just been... Travelling back home, I've got a few days off work and the, the train journey last night was hellish, but that's boring. Um, well, the great news is that um, we need to be transparent on this podcast <laughs> and we did try to record this mm-hmm. again last Wednesday, but it was just going to be, we were just climbing up a mountain uh, you know, and it just, we weren't equipped, were we, at all? No. The internet the, was letting us down. Yes, the universe said, you need to speak to each other once a week. That's mm. what we're going to do. <laughs> we're basically just each other's therapist now. Yes, That's just what's yes. going to be happening. Let's talk about it. Let's talk okay, about it. let's talk it through. Now, Helen, <laughs> when people see, when the audience watch people on television, mm. they... They sometimes think, oh, well, oh, they must have got into acting, the sort of the usual route. They must have gone to drama school and done all that or graduated from university mm. and got spotted. But that didn't happen with you, did it? That wasn't... No, the... no. <laughs> so I, I, we need to talk about the unusual the route. Yes. <laughs> this is, uh, as I said, this is my favourite story. It's my only story that I have about myself, but it's a good one. Um so basically, yeah, my, my route in to this whole business was completely unorthodox. It continues to be completely unorthodox. But uh, basically, and it's a long story and I can make it very long. <laughs> we have I've got been dragging the, the arse time. out of it. Um, I, I met, by accident, uh, Shane Meadows in a pub where I live here in Bettystown. It's a beautiful, sleepy seaside village where nothing ever happens. Nothing as remotely interesting as a superstar director wandering into your local pub. But there was some people in the area filming at the time. And there's this gorgeous little patch pub, which is now, after the pandemic, a coffee shop. But they were there that night. And my husband is a musician and a few of the lads are musicians. And they were playing in the pub that night for these 
special celebrities. So we went down like nosy arses to have a look and see what was going on. But um, And the lads were playing music and me and my sisters were doing a bit of singing and, and drinking, plenty of drinking. God, I'm not painting myself a very good picture here. Like mostly I don't drink and I don't go out, but when I do, I make I, the most of it. Exactly. As, as well you should. As well as, as you can Absolutely. tell from my, my haggled head this morning. <laughs> but so so my friend Ez came up and he said, you, you won't believe us at the bar. Shane Meadows, and we had seen, you know, we'd seen This Is England, we'd seen Dead Man's Shoes, and I thought, mm. Christ, let me up, let me, let me at him till I talk to him. Full of Dutch courage, you know, like having everybody's crack. Yeah. And uh, went up, and he was so receptive and so sound. We just stood there drinking and laughing and talking. And um, there, he, he said uh, that it reminded him of Nottingham because there was bullet holes in the wall <laughs> where there'd been a gangland style shooting a few weeks previous now f- fuck knows like there's unsavory characters everywhere but there happened to be a bit of a the pub was caught in the middle of it for a cab between some gangs a few years ago anyway the place got shot up, shot up a little bit and uh, so he felt just, right just at home he bit. said just a little bit just a, little a couple bit of holes up. in the wall <laughs> it was all right everybody ran out and hid in the toilets but um so the, this, the, and there was another fella uh, going around robbing people's purses. <laughs> Sounds like mm. a great spot. Anyway, just one arsehole. And as my father says, never pack an arsehole. There'll always be one waiting for you when you get there. But this fella was going around robbing purses, chatting to dolls and sticking his hand in the purse and, 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 and whipping, out the, whipping out the phones and the money and the whole lot. So this fe- my sister came in to me. I was talking to Shane and she said to me, and phone's gone, my wallet's gone. And a few other people started to say, my phone's gone, my wallet's gone. And her fella at the time uh, um, found your man. He was after stashing all the wallets and the phones in the cistern, in the toilet, and going back in for a pint, the cheeky bastard. Jesus, the balls on him. Yeah, so he, the he, balls he, on him. They found him in the pub. Yeah, he, he, they, they copped it was him. And right. he t- took them in and there in the cistern, he'd stashed all the loot for later on whenever he was going home full of jar, the stupid bastard. But anyway, so this all kicked off in front of Shane as well. Your man was told he was leaving out the window and there was going to be a big bust up. So this was the crack. This was the carry on the chain was there for. It's generally a very lovely, gentle place. But so we were having a great laugh and this was all kicking off and... The night was drawn to a close and uh, I just thought to myself, you know, you're never going to fucking come in here again. And we're here now and we're all still alive and everyone's having a bit of crack. And I just said, what, like, I did that stupid thing you're not supposed to do, you know, give a job. And he said, well, have you ever done anything before? And I mean, I hadn't. I was the lead in my school play. I was Eliza Doolittle. But did you have lady. did you have any aspirations? There must have I been mean, something. Yeah, when I was five, I had because I'm a nurse. I'm a, I, that was my first trade. Um, I, I used to get little, uh, you know, plastic syringes and things for off Santa Claus, and I wanted that or Hollywood superstardom. 
And so it, there was no drama classes around here. There was no money for all of that. So I, I went and became a nurse. But I had I, I'd done this school play and I was the lead. And I swear to God, I mean, I was 15 and absolutely heaving with confidence up on the stage and, you know, doing me London accent and jazz hands and all that crack. I had no fucking clue what I was doing, but I was having a great time. And I was picked. It was down to me and this other girl. And she's a great, she's a great voice. But um, I don't know. I wanted it so fucking desperately that I ploughed loads of time into getting ready for the school audition and mm. she had just underprepared the Wally and then she came in after me and she was kind of replicating what I was doing but they could see that I'd put the hours in whatever uh, um anyway they gave it to me but I was fucking delighted and I just thought every night I was out there Jesus this is where I live out here on the stage I love it frightens the shite out of me but I, I love it so I, that's all I had done, school. Mm. And so, but I, he said to me, can, and I said, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, of course I can, yeah. Hadn't a fucking clue whether I could or I couldn't. And uh, he said, right, give me, your, give me your phone number. And I thought, oh Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> He's asked, so I wrote it on a bit of till receipt. It was the only thing I could get my hands on. I said to the girl behind the bar, give us a bit of paper. And I wrote something like, give me an in. It, something fucking stupid and cheeky and put my name and my phone number making sure I put the Irish prefix just in case there was any kind of <laughs> any confusion about the phone number it was very clear but I watched him kind of take care of it and I thought oh god if I was fabbing someone off I'd just kind of scrunch it up and throw it away but he took care of it and minded it and I thought mm, well he seems like a very genuine fella if he doesn't call me, fuck it. it we had a great bit of crack. And I met the director of Dead Man's Shoes and this thing. Yeah. So that was me night made. And off he went. And did you think anything more of it after that I, night? I, I thought, mm, like, he is so genuine. And uh, knowing him so well now, you, you take him as you find him. I didn't know that at the time. I thought maybe he's just been trying to fucking get rid of me. I was scourging the arse off him. And uh, maybe he was just trying to get rid and he chucked it when he went out the door. But the weeks went past and any time the kind of a, a UK number went on the phone, I kind of did a little lep, but it was like fucking, you know, cold callers and fucking, are you interested in purchasing blah, blah, blah. So it was, it was never anything. And then maybe a month later, mm. I was washing the dishes in the kitchen and it was a UK number, answered it and... Um, it was one of the, the girls from the production ringing uh, Libby to say, I believe you met Shane Meadows. And I, my heart and stomach just, <laughs> I, I, I was jumping up and down in the air and then coming back to the phone going, yes, that's right, trying to be calm. But then I also thought, on the other hand, this is my brother taking the piss because we did that to each other. I rang him after his driving test. He passed his driving test. And I pretended to be the woman from the centre saying that we'd got the paper mixed up and he hadn't, in fact, passed his test. And, of course, because I was putting on accents and everything, he, he was devastated. And when I heard his voice going, oh, I said, oh, I can't do this, it's me. He said, you bollocks. So I thought, this is him getting me back because I told them all, oh, you won't believe who I met him. Oh, he said, you know, maybe he had something in mind for me. But sure, I really didn't think that he would get back to me. I didn't. But anyway, so it transpired. She said, yeah, he met you. He kept your number and he thinks you might be right for this thing. Would you come over? And I said, fucking, I absolutely. I put down the phone. Well, I proceeded to puke from then until I went over. Just, I said, I've asked for this now and what am I doing? I'm out of my fucking element, mm. out of my element. Like, I had no idea what I was doing. I was 30, 31 at the time, like far too old to be cotton around with Hollywood dreams, you know, like just thinking this is ridiculous now you're being ridiculous 
And my my brilliant husband, he just said, you fucking ask for this now. Go over and do it and show them what you have. I said, I don't know what I have. I don't know what I've got. But I got over there anyway. Told you I could make this a long story, Craig. <laughs> That's what we want. It's a brilliant story. Oh, my God. I, but I, so I got over and I'd been watching, you know, I'd been watching because he said to me, it's for This Is England 88 and I little idea for this role for you. But did he give you, would, did Libby or Shane give you any more information prior to flying over or was it quite open? I mean, I kind of can't remember because I right. was just so just high as a kite. Yeah. But I, it, I knew it was for This Is England 88, the next thing. And he kind of he said on the t- at the time, I think maybe, you know, you, you, I have this idea and I think Law goes to see this nurse. And what, so I kind of had an idea in my head, but I'd know, I'd nothing. And, um, but in a way, that was probably better. quite canny of him yes. to just sort of lay a little seed, say there might be something... He's super smart. Yeah, yeah. He he's super smart. And he, he knows exactly what he's doing. Mm. He's conniving get because when he's talking to you and you're pouring your heart out and telling him everything about yourself, he's just writing it all down, taking I'll a little note. Oh, we might be able to use that. And you just don't know that you're bearing your, you know, the, the sections of these characters that he's going to bring to life on the page. But So I'd been watching the night before, before flying over and the previous night and the previous night. All oh, this is England stuff. Just trying to kind of familiar my, bear with. Can you turn down that video in there, please? Hello? I'm so sorry. <laughs> this house is like Central Station. One of my kids is playing their TikTok super loud. Can you hear that? No, that's okay. Oh, it's On fine. we go. Sorry now. <laughs> no, the, bear thing with. Is, the thing is, I would normally say, it's all right, don't worry, we'll cut that out. I'm not cutting that out. That's really funny. <laughs> it's only just as well they haven't burst in the door half dressed shouting and roaring. That could Helen, happen too. The more the merrier. That's what I say. Good stuff. Um, Oh, yeah, so I'd been watching and prepping and getting ready yeah, and, and looking at speak. all these characters and just thinking, I don't know where I'm going to fit in here because this is a, already a world set up. But anyway, he had this lovely idea of, of, of Lal. She was going through so much in that series, going to see this nurse and developing this friendship. So mm. for the audition, he said to me, uh, um, and cleverly as well, he was auditioning other people for other things upstairs in the morning. So he said, I'm going to just let you meet Vicky and, and you can get to know each other. And uh, oh sure, I shit myself absolutely. Shit. And I came in, and she was sound, so sound. Oh, she is. And we just sat and drank tea and yapped all morning. And I felt like I know this gal inside out. And so I don't know. What, I think he does everything on purpose. But up we went to audition then, and like it was, uh, um, it was. Uh, come on, brain, you can do it. Uh, it was improv. Mm. I imagine, my, listen, my brain is letting me down now, my hangover's kicking in. Um, but he, he said, do improv. And I thought, fuck, I, I, like, what? And he said, now, listen, this is the crack. You're the nurse and this is her problem. And she's going to come in and you just treat her like, you know, do your, get in there and do your job. So that's all right when there isn't a camera, like right up in your mush and you, I'm like kind of thinking, should I be smiling? Should I be looking over? Where should, what should I be doing? And he just, go on and go on and have your conversation. He let us run for about 20 minutes. I don't know what I said to her, what we were talking about. I just got caught up in, in the moment. Mm. And 
I was I was looking over, how am I doing, you know, and he kept kind of waving his hand, go on, go on, keep going. So he let us run for the 20 minutes and then he sat back and folded his arms and he said, fuck me, you're in. Like that? Like that. And oh I said, God. what? What? Yeah. <laughs> do, do you want it? I said, oh, jeez, can, can I let her roar? I asked him, could I let her roar? And I just fucking took the roof off the place because I couldn't believe it. Because before that, he'd said, come down, we'll all have a bit of lunch together and, and then we'll go up and do the audition. So there they were. I was looking at them all on the telly the night before and here they were sitting across the table laughing and joking and eating sandwiches. And he said, are you going to have something to eat? I said, uh, well, yeah, sure, I'll have, a, I'll have a bowl of soup. I took one spoon out of it and in I was away to the jacks, puking again. <laughs> like, just thinking, I, I, I shouldn't be here. This is ridiculous. Like, this is a dream. Anyway, yeah, give me the job. And uh, yeah, that's my story. It went from there. And I, I mean, worked on that. I mean, it's the first time I ever had a camera in my face. And I like I was learning on the fly. Like, don't look at the camera. And how do you move your head from one side of the room to the other without looking at the camera and waving at your mother? Hello. I, I hadn't a clue what I was at. Not a clue. But he took me under his wing very much so. Like, he'd have me sitting at the monitors when it wasn't my turn. And he was saying, now look at this, that's what's happening there and this is what's happening here. Like he brought me into the whole thing. It was completely immersive. Like I don't think there would, I don't think many people will have ever had that as a first experience. And it was for Channel 4. What the fuck did I think I was doing? Like, anyway, I liked it enough to stop getting sick and stick with it. And yeah, I love it. And the money's better than nursing and uh, the crack is better. And you don't have to watch as many people dying and yeah. So that's that's kind of how it started and here we are. But the thing is, Helen, you know, you had every right to be there, even though you didn't feel you did. But I he still saw, don't feel but it. I know we have, but no, I, but I don't think anybody should. I think yeah. that's what... If you get complacent and think, well, absolutely, of course I should be here. Well, then... You're a prick you and know. it's time to get out. Uh, well, probably, yeah. <laughs> Or you think it's just a bit of a breeze, or it's easy, or you don't take, you know, you don't like, take it as seriously as what you should do. I, the good ones make it look very easy. It's not easy. It's play. And I mean, I have actually done very heavy day job work before this job. And I know how heavy life can be in mm. other professions. And this was such, I know for me, it's such a dream come true and it's such a, and obviously, I, I have this imposter shit. I've had it since then because I do feel like I just took somebody else's spot. Maybe I just wandered in, you know. And I'm always thinking, right, you've gotten away with it this time. Keep your head down. You're getting away with it. You're getting away with it. Nobody's gone, right, that's it. You've had enough now. Come on, out you get. You, you've no papers with you. You're caught. <laughs> I, and, that's, and my daughter now, she's training. She just has just done a year in the Lear Theatre in Dublin. And like every time we have a conversation about it, she says, Mommy, you don't know. You don't know. Like that's not how we do it in the theatre. And I'm just thinking, you're right. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. But, but I said, I, I'm, you know, Shane said, well, I had to, I got you in here, but you had to keep yourself here and you've done that. So, you know, trust in that. And it was great it was such a schooling first time round that, you know, very little else compares to working with him. And I just thought on the next job, oh, do you not do it like that? Oh, and you stick to the script, do you? Is that the norm? <laughs> like, you know, it's such a unique experience working with Shane. And we did, of course, stick to the script on, on loads of things, but there's a lot of freedom for you to move around within that parameter that you don't get on other jobs. So I'm still, I'm still, every fucking, every job is a new 
new learning experience. You know, but, you know we, we spoke at the start of this conversation about traditional roots into mm. this business. And the thing is, you were getting your education in the Shane Meadows School yes. of, of Filmmaking. Yeah. Just like, you know, a lot of those people from the List England Ensemble, I know loads of them came through, you know, television workshop in Nottingham. Mm. But, you know, Tomo didn't. Tomo yeah, that's was right. Just, Tomo was just plucked as a, as, as a young lad who wanted money to go to an audition. Yeah. And to a recall, you know. Yeah, he yeah was, hilarious. He, again, he was hustling. Yeah, yeah. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't really, really care. He said it himself, he didn't really care at the beginning because mm. it was just about, well, I'm going to go for a recall, but you're going to have to give me some money for yeah, it. Yeah, that'll get me quite, a PlayStation and a bike. Yeah, quite yeah. rightly so, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But just as, in a way, you were hustling in that pub by going, yeah. you know, come on, I, I reckon I, I can do it. But you had that confidence and he saw something in you there and then. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. It's just accepting that, really. And and it is a hustle, you know, it's a hustle because, and I'm learning that still, mm. however, 10 years later. It is a hustle. And, you know, in this industry, it's not always who's the perfect person for the job. Maybe it's who you know or who you've worked with previously or who wants to take you on another job which is wonderful for the people who otherwise won't get seen, you know, that you go in. It especially, you see it a lot with the crew and camera and, mm-hmm. uh, and production, that they take a team with them. And I think, geez, that's great. And they all know they're all going to this next job. And then the actors are like, well, I don't know what's happening next. I don't know when I'm working again. I don't know if I'm going to work again. It is a hustle. And I, you know, as you know, I don't, I don't live in London. And I think when you're in the thick of it or you're in LA, you're better able to hustle. Like, I've been around all the pubs here. There ain't no more directors in them, you know. <laughs> I've looked for more. It's just, it's hard to hustle when you're out of the circle. So you need a good agent and you need to, and you need to rely on, on the kind of underground hustle and chatting to people. And that's something I'm still learning. I'm kind of sitting here like thinking, the, the door, there's going to be a knock on the door now any day and the, the next job will come. Like, wise up, Helen. Get out there and, and hustle. I got, I got such a fright when it happened so quickly and so easily that I wasn't trying for... Now I'm just trying to kind of keep momentum going and keep... And, and I've been very lucky. I mean, I've been, it's luck. It's luck. It's hard work. Yes. I've worked hard. Mm. I've sacrificed a lot. I've, I've, I've given up my other career, essentially, which was a steady pay packet and... You know, not a great one, but steady. And and that was my other love. You know, I loved North, and to go back during the pandemic and all of that thing. I don't think I'll ever really fully be out of that because when there's a dry spell with this, which there can be. I mean, since the last time I was talking to you, there was like eight months between jobs. Yeah. It's a really long time to be out of work and not knowing where your next meal is coming from. Well, so that was a very handy tool to have. I yeah. think probably people feel like, you know, and certainly Aoife, my daughter, she's, I'd be of the school that, you know, if you've got other talents, use them because you're, you're between jobs, you are character study while you're working in a shop or a pub or, a, you know, whatever it is you choose to do in your downtime. Because let's be honest, for the most of us, you know, the small percentage are constantly jobbing and going from one to the other. And the rest of us are kick bollocks scramble you know mm. and you can't eat that you need to earn money and you need to you know and it's not about that she would say my daughter would say no you have to tunnel vision focus entirely on on this it's all right when you're at a certain point i think to do that 
or to get to that point. But there, there, there's times when you're not working and it's, it's cash. We touched on before about, you know, going back and working with people. It's about building relationships because nine times, nine times out of ten, the most time is downtime. It's off camera because you're yeah. only doing between, you know, four and six pages of telly a day. So yeah. that's a very small amount of time. So it's yeah. like you go, well, do I want to spend the majority of my time with that person? Yeah, I do because... Mm their good value and yeah. their their interesting and I might learn something more of yes, them. Yes, yes. That it's 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 all about the relationships when you mm. get in there. And looking at how especially for me because I'm not schooled, I'm constantly watching how does she prepare? How does he prepare? Oh that's interesting. Oh I might try that. Like everybody's got their own way of getting into a job, researching the work, playing out the character, finding the character. But it's perpetually fascinating for me to watch how other people do it because I don't know if there is a right way like you know there's other people that have trained for donkey's years and they're not getting any breaks and just maybe really want it but they're missing something or you know I just feel like it's such a privilege and I'm so lucky to have gotten this far that I'm constantly willing to learn but I think we all are all the time. Yes. Even for even for people that have trained, you're constantly learning. You know, yeah. I always say. I mean, it, there is more now. Uh, you know, acting in front of a camera, uh, drama school. They they touch on it a lot more than certainly when I went to drama school. It was like you know, it was a it was a day or something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. in in uh, well, when did I graduate? Ninety seven. So you know, late nineties. I was 90s. just leaving secondary school at that point. 97. But, but Helen, you know, it's touched on there about luck. The thing is, you wouldn't have played that part in This Is England had you not had a career as a nurse. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I talk about this with people all the time, and it was the value of that other career that's informed so much of what I've done mm. in the meantime. And I suppose everybody is bringing themselves. I just feel like, oh, I'll have to change myself because that's not what they want. But they do, of course. They want your version of this character, of this person. But nursing and being on the wards and looking at people at, at the most vulnerable times in their lives, looking at people's stress, looking at people coming through an illness. You see every character, you see every walk of life. So it has been invaluable, but it's not something I knew starting out. I didn't know how valuable that was to me. And I've ended up where I want to be, and it's been a culmination of all those things, I suppose. Yeah. 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 So, so after This Is England, you come back home, you've mm. done that. Mm. Was it, right, I've had a little taste of that, and I feel very privileged and very lucky, I'm going to go back to the, to the day job now and carry on, and life is going to resume as normal. I or... mean... <laughs> <laughs> or... Did your head turn into a fucking big inflated <laughs> prick? And kind of like I was like hot topic around here, you know, because like I said, it's so quiet and everyone was like, oh, geez, we heard you and we can't wait to see it. And it was all the talk. And I just, I mean, part of me knew you're going back to the day job now. This is not how things operate. And you had your crack and that's it. But I did think I've been in a Shane Meadows thing. That's it now. I'm going to absolutely skyrocket. It's going to be brilliant. And of course, for a year, 
more than a year. I sat in my arse and did nothing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then I kind of said, well, that's it. That was your 10 minutes. I hope you enjoyed yourself. And I would never have been happy to put that to rest. It, it was always in there. But I thought you couldn't be that lucky twice. No one else is going to give you another shot. You know, I, I don't know how I felt. I was up in the air. I loved every minute of it. It scared the shit out of me. I didn't know what was next. I wanted that. But I kind of was a realist and I thought, you're over here. They're all over there. That's where it's all happening. You're not going to uproot the family. And, you know, this is it. Then a year passed and I had no agent or anything like that. And um, I got a call, it's, which is kind of, it worries you a bit how people can find you out of the ether, you know, with no number. <laughs> Back in the days when the internet was just a, a burgeoning thing. But a, a director contacted me and he said, um, I, I've seen your turn on, on that. And, you know, you were brilliant. And, and would you come up and read for this play and I thought oh now here we go maybe this is how it's going to happen so I went up and I was kind of saying yes to everything because I couldn't believe that people were willing to hire me and that's something you learn as well you know eventually that you seek out things you want to do and don't want to do things that suit you and things that don't this was going to be theatre up in Dublin and uh, it was a great experience very dark subject matter very but it was just a two-hander with me and this other this other actress Denise McCormick and and um, I loved that and then I thought now I've done a bit of telly and a bit of theatre maybe now that's me done and then after, you know, I got another phone call then and then uh, uh, just a little, it was contact with this person and that person. Then I got an agent and nothing really happened. Right. And... Did you get the I, agent over in, over in Dublin? Alan? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I think it might have been after this thing came out or something and, and um, I was writing to everybody, you know, I've done this and... Any chance you'd see me? And it was mm, full up here, full up here, sorry, full up here. And I just thought, oh, fuck, this is hopeless. You know, it's hopeless. But anyway, one bit. And then that didn't really work out because I think our agendas were slightly different. But I had no idea how to deal with people in the industry or how to ask for something else. I'm still learning that, you know. Oh, well, you, you know, you can say uh, what, what you want. and what you, I, I still, that's still new ground for me so I kind of thought this isn't working out but how am I going to say it's not working out I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and you know it's business of course which I'm learning but that was I found that gut-wrenching and I thought I need somebody who'll do all this shite for me (laughs) like (laughs) I can't be telling people no I don't want to do your show it's lovely or I don't want to be your client or you know so then I had no agent after that for years but I was doing little bits. Uh, so the work, the work, they were finding you. The work yes, was kind of coming it was, to you. Yes, a little bit, and I, and then one thing would lead to another. Yeah. And I'm a, a great talker, as you're sadly I'm, finding. I mean, out. if I could only sort of open you up a little bit, Helen. I know. Of... I'm so shy. <laughs> Honest to God, I, listen. This you're getting still. This my back teeth are floating with the whiskey still. So that has me. <laughs> That has me uh, 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 full of chit-chat. You can edit this down however you choose. Lovely. No, it's so um, brilliant. But, but so for, for, for years there was a little job here and a little job there and there was never any need for me to give up my day job because I always took a couple of weeks holiday or, you know, they want you to film on this for two days. or film. And I was just having a great time and I was thinking this is great. But it was mm. the part-time. And then I, I obviously was in contact with Shane because... 
I mean, I, I like making good relationships. I like having a good laugh at work. And I do make uh, pals. I love that about this job, meeting new people and keeping the good ones. You know what I mean? Mm. And letting go of the arseholes. And uh, <laughs> uh, that, that, that hasn't happened as frequently, thanks be to God. Oh, God, I hope I'm not after sipping on that recording. The techno knob, how I'm even communicating. But so, or so far, we're so good. Um, yeah, yeah so, so then one thing led to another. And then Shane was still in contact. And he said, uh, um, and he had mentioned to me a couple of years before the virtues, I have this idea for this thing. And mm, I'm watching you, you know, I keep me eyeing you. And I thought, so I, I, we know each other enough that if something came up that he thought I'd be suitable. I'd say great. But he put me in 90 again uh, after 88. He gave me a lovely little turn with Stephen in 90. And that gave me more job to job. But still it was people ringing my phone. Is this Helen? Oh, yeah, we saw this. Can you? So it was all happening through me. And um, then then he called me about the virtues, which has been one of my career highlights because... He, I was so nervous and he knew that on the first ones, even when I look back on it now and cringe, I could see my nerves coming through the screen. But I was getting more confident. I was getting more assured and more sure that this, this is what I wanted to do. And uh, for the virtues then, he, he said, uh, um, wait till people see it in this, because he knew what I had. I didn't know what I had, but he's brilliant at pulling it out of you and just letting you go. Mm. And that's what he did for me on that job. He, like he, that was, he said, I have this role for you. So it's not like you need to audition. This is yours. I know you can do it. That was a massive boost for my confidence. Uh, that was like, holy shit. And so once I knew that I didn't, you know what I mean? That the, the, the danger element of, of that was gone for it. I was able to just have at it. And, the more we did, the more I wanted to do. That was really a, a, an awakening for me, career-wise. That job, and, um, and and it was a real. This was a real step up. You know, it was huge. It was huge. going from saying a little tiny bit here and there to like being part of the main mm-hmm. gig, which was terrifying and exhilarating. And I thought, I'm not going to balls this up. I'm so invested in getting it right because I thought people don't get these chances. They're not just handed great roles, you know, so don't balls it up. And I worked so hard and did exactly what he asked of me all the time. You know, whatever the cost was to like emotionally, whatever, I thought this has to be right because this is too good a shot to fuck up. So I I did whatever I could and and he was very happy and unbelievably like a BAFTA nomination came out of that which was mm-hmm. like out of the ridiculous into the ridiculous like I, <laughs> it was just this is and then it because my entry was so unorthodox people thought what is your first big job out the gate and you're here you know at this stage it was an absolute whirlwind and it happened in the middle of a pandemic and mm. I was kind of it was a good way for me in hindsight to, to enter into that whole arena of things because everything was done on Zoom. I got a lovely frock and I was sitting, you know, on my stairs, like in the comfort of my own house, wanting to have the, 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 the circus, but glad not to have it at the same time to be able to yeah. absorb what was happening outside of that. Because I think I, I might have gone over there had it been in real life and I and, and made balls of it or got scuttled drunk and 
you know, caused a ruckus. So I, I'm glad it happened the way it did. But that's all, like, I would attribute an awful lot of the good luck I've had to Shane and what he's done for me. I often tell him that, you know, and he does say, you're here and you have to do the work. And I get that now and I am working. And I, I, I'm, but, but without his help, without him, because it was after that job that I got an agent, that him and, and Mark, brilliant Mark Herbert from Warp, wow. invited people to come and watch the episodes. And so there was agents, people there. And, and then, you know, I, I got an agent after that and we've been working together since. And that was... That was them helping me out as well. They're but, really great. Because, as we've touched on before, it's about building relationships, and that's what you've done yeah, off camera. Yeah. You've built that relationship, and it's again, it's trust on either side. You know, mm. Shane said to you before the virtues, "Wait till people see you in this." Mm. That's about trust and belief, and yeah. you had it. You had it for him because you worked your ass off. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's it's all built on the relationship. Yeah, yeah, crazy. It's crazy. But Helen, after that, so we're out, let's say, you you know, you can't, I mean, you're very lucky and it's great, as I said, because we've built these relationships and you've worked with Shane a mm. fair few times mm. and you've gone through the Shane Meadows School of Acting. Mm. Mm-hmm. But it, when you work with someone else, another director, it's not like that. It's... <laughs> At all. So how did it feel for you jumping from that style to something that is, for want of a better word, formulaic, more formulaic? Well, I had to have a word with myself and say, this is actually the general crack with these new people. This mm. is the way it's going to be. That was, a, you know, a freak, wonderful, and it's not going to be like that with everybody else. But I kind of... Not that I learned it the hard way, but I, I had to, I wasn't prepared for the, so I had done such a big job, but actually I wasn't schooled the way everybody else works. So I had to learn that, but it's just about, it is, it's a trust thing. It is a trust thing and, and, and a self-belief and all of that. But I just was watching fiercely around me. What are everybody doing? What's expected of me here? And trying to conform to that, whatever it was. Like landing on a mark was another new one to me. Holy Jesus, how am I going to get to that spot without looking down with a fucking magnifying glass? <laughs> so I'm trying to make it look normal that I'm walking into a spot. And, try, and this business of continuity, which I'm a wizard at now. I, I, I'm clued into my own continuity like I don't know what. Because I spot it when I'm watching things. Oh, she had that cup in her left hand. Oh, who the fuck dropped the ball here? You watch television in a completely different way. I did initially, you know. Now I'm, obviously, there's so much good stuff out there that I'm, I'm kind of, I I let go of all those, those tricks. Do do you know, do you know what one thing that, that slightly annoys me? And it does sometimes take me out of it. So say if they're, they're filming in London or they're filming in Manchester, somewhere that I know very, very well. Mm. And they'll be walking down a street and then they'll turn right and, they'll, and I go, oh, no, 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 whoa, 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 wait a minute. If you turn right there, you go onto such and such a street. But yes. they've just gone onto such and such a street. Yeah, and that's yeah. not the route. It lifts you out of it. You it cannot really be... Does. To know too much hurts you as a viewer, I think. Uh, yes. yes. Yeah, it does, it does. I... I I, you see, that's, this is my thing when I said it. In a, I just want to be believable as a human being. That's, and it's a fucking tall order sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tall order. Like, the very first thing I had to do for Shane was knock on the door. 
He said, just go up now and knock on that door. You're knocking to see if she's at home. And now all of a sudden I thought, how do I walk? And how do I knock on the door? You know, without looking like someone who's acting, knocking on the door. Yeah. But so, so it's, it's uh, I worked with a great director then. I, like I have been so lucky. Uh, um, Ashling, uh, Ashling Walsh, who, who directed uh, Elizabeth is Missing. Uh, so this was a story about dementia uh, um, and the lead was played by Glenda Jackson, mm. the wonderful Glenda Jackson. Yeah. So this was, I was going, Jesus Christ, I've first Shane and now Glenda Jackson, like what's going on? What's going on in the universe? Thank you. Putting my hands up to the sky. But so I thought you have something to learn here. I, I know that I have something to learn from everybody. I certainly, Ashling is a, a very clever kind of, quieter director so Shane would be you know you can hear him laughing off off camera if something's funny he's roaring in through from the kitchen do that again or or say you know whatever you're he's very vocal and he's mm. up talking to you and he's talking about everything which I love and Ashling was so quiet that I found myself she knew exactly what she wanted and she had the confidence that you were doing it so the, and that's absolutely fair enough but I was like Oh God! How come she's not up in my ear every two minutes telling me yeah. what what's up? Mm. And I, I I so I found myself on that job going a bit. Am I doing all right? Am I you know like a needy asshole? And she was just putting her, you know, okay, sign up. And you learn directors tells you learn when they're happy and when they're not happy mm. faces they pull or things they do with their you know. But that's on the fly unless you've worked with them before. You're discovering. Yeah. Okay, I'm shy, or oh, I think he likes this. Every one of them's different, and so that was that was another learning curve. It was it. This was the thing. It was having a producer come down to you, in, you know, in the middle of the scene and and whisper in your ear, just it's it's not it. <laughs> you know when you, what is that? Not what I said. <clears throat> you, when you have so much freedom to be tied to the crossing of the T and the dotting mm. of the I. That was a, a big learning curve. And every job, the director works differently or you're working with a different, you know, a cast who operate differently. So I think every job is a unique experience and every day is a school day. And just being sensitive to those surroundings and mm. just taking a step back at first and just looking and listening. Watch, Because yeah. that's, you just hit the nail on the head there. When you're working with a director such as Shane who is so vocal and is so... There and coming up and shouting things, do it again. And then you work with somebody who has a completely different approach. Mm. And you finish the scene and they've moved on, and you you do you do feel internally quite needy and go, oh, was that all right? Was that okay? Mm. Then you work out, oh, you're that director who will only tell me when something's gone wrong or something's yeah. a bit shit, or I need to dial this up or dial that down. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to tell you, great, brilliant. Yeah. After every, after every, you know. Yeah. Exactly. And you just, again, you have to be sensitive to that situation and just go, oh, right, I've, I'm starting to build this relationship yes. and, and, and learn what you're about yeah. and how your yeah. approach is. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I worked with Cathy Burke last year. She directed uh, um, oh. this thing we did for, for, for ITV, this Graham Norton's book. And that was, I mean, every day I'm getting these little, you know, every job, these moments of, oh, my God, she's on this, Jesus. And I'd loved Cathy Burke forever. 
Forever. I mean, absolute national treasure. Come on. Oh, Jesus Christ. And she's a genius. And, and she's a, a, like a massive theatre director. So this was television. So this was kind of different for her as well. She's so funny. She's super smart. And, and I just was like, gob open. I will do whatever she says. I'm not, yeah. you know. And it's funny. Sometimes you come across actors on jobs who argue the toss with a director. And in my mind, that's the boss there. Shush now. And sometimes you have value added. And I love a collaboration where your where your ideas are valued and, and, and you can participate and, and work together. And a lot of directors are into that and it's great. I, it always baffles me when when actors kind of. I don't know, unless they're a, dire- a director and have directed for years, they, they don't have the same foresight, you know, and, and they're arguing the toss. I just think. This is a new experience. It's different. There's so much to learn from this person. Mm. Just shush and see what see what they do and see what they're about. Uh, and trust. You yeah. obviously, you know, if you work with someone like Kath, then it's like, well, I, I, you've already got my respect. And yes, you've completely whatever. got my trust, so I will, I will, do, will whatever. do whatever you say. Yeah. yeah. And, and every notion she had was always right. Mm. You know, sometimes if a director says, eh, actually, don't say that line there, don't say anything, your ego goes... Oh, that's one of me lines gone. Like, you know, but but I learned that from Shane, you know, and things would be cut and you'd think, oh, Jesus, that was a great scene. But for the greater good of the story and it's the, like it's someone else's machine generally and it's someone else's story and it was Graham's story. And you're just there to serve that and do the best job that you can and and, and learn and meet great people on the way. And I find like I'm not I'm not creative in that way I'm not a writer I don't I know obviously kind of from working over the years what feels good in a scene and sometimes that that conversation can be had you know what about if but you have to be coming up with something that's making more sense than there's already on the page which is rare like generally things things whatever's on the on the script it has meaning and generally the, you know every line is leading somewhere you know mm. it's it's that as well, learning that about reading into everything and everybody's everything and how it affects your character. There's a lot of work involved, actually, a lot of work. Um, sometimes jobs are just like a school holiday. And that was that holding was just crack almighty. I was I played one of three sisters. Um, and the bonds you form with people. I just went out for dinner with them two nights ago. It's like it's unique because you're you're real friends <laughs> I don't mean they're, I love those girls but your real friends don't know your work in the same way that your work pals do there's there's a great bond and a great knowing especially like my my husband my partner's not involved in this industry at all which has great benefit and sometimes it can be you know, I need you to understand that it's going to take this long or it's going to be, you know, it's difficult for, for the peasants, I think, for, for, <laughs> for the real people, you know, because it's such an intense uh, mm. experience and you're spending so long with these people. I mean, I can liken it to the hours with nursing, the 14, 15 hour days. And there's a lot of time off camera where you're talking to people and you know the most intimate things about one another and then bang, you don't see them for a year or maybe ever, you know. But, you're, you're, you know, you're thrust into these situations and you're forced to to read people and fast-forward in a relationship 
very, very mm. quickly. Yeah. Because you, yeah. you, you and need to And maybe they're playing your husband people. or your wife or your, yeah. or your lover or your partner. That is someone that you have to be intimate with. And you don't always get the time to, you know, delve into that relationship before you, you shoot. But on the job, Jesus, there's, there's nothing those people don't know about me. You know. I- I can only but imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Does she ever shut the fuck up? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I'm going to be quiet now, Craig. You talk for a while. Helen, well, the thing is, uh, this has been absolutely a perfect way to start my Sunday morning. I'm sorry that you had a hangover, but... It's we my do- doing. It's your doing, and it's mm. something that's going to creep up on you today, and I hope <laughs> you can just sort of wrap up in a duvet and get looked after. I mean, it's, I, I'm... I, at the stage where it takes me four days to get over mm. and I can't behave. I can't just, mm, I'll just have one. One tastes like two, two tastes like three. I do, I am at the stage now where I know when it's time to go. But uh, I do cry and I feel like I'm the only one that's ever felt this bad. And then I get a cup of tea handed and get up now, you've had enough time in the bed. Get up and get on with your life. But it does take me longer. So when I, it's rare when I go, but when I do, I, I make the most of it. Yeah, I make the most of it. Helen, it's been absolutely lovely to speak to you again. And You too. I mean, um, I don't know what I said that I've left out or what I've added that I shouldn't, but... Uh, I know what you've... I know you've added everything and everything's been You'll sift been through the perfect. shit and find something useful. It's only gold. It's only uh, gold. Helen, you take care and I will see you in the real world at some point, I'm sure. Yes, great talking to you, Craig. Thank great you so much. To you. All right, lots of love. Bye. Bye. And another episode is done. What did I tell you? Yeah? Now, if that is Helen hungover and slightly uh, below par, imagine what she's like when she's firing on all cylinders. So much fun. So much warmth. Um, And you know what? When things like that happen to really decent people like Helen, you just want to wish them all the best and hope that she carries on, and hope people keep giving her these brilliant opportunities that she's grabbing with both hands. Um, Yeah, amazing, amazing. I can't thank Helen enough for coming on. Um, And I did guarantee you fall in love with her, and you probably did. Excellent work. Um, Right, okay. I'm going to stop saying um. I'm going to go, because I've got to uh, jump in the car and go to work. So until we meet again hopefully next week we'll get back on track as soon as possible i promise again thank you so much for bearing with us um and we'll see you hopefully very soon until then i've been craig parkinson he's been producer griff and this has been the two shot podcast take care of yourself put away the summer wardrobe dig out the winter one we'll see you soon The Two Shot Podcast was presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. The remix of our theme tune is by Stolen Valor. Cheers. Cheers.